Good Life in Early Life, a production by Nebraska Extension. I'm your host, Emily Manning, an early childhood extension educator in Seward County. For this episode, I traveled to a small town, Burris, Nebraska, to speak to two mothers about their lived experiences with social media and their transition to motherhood. It's a follow-up to my interview with Dr. Kirkpatrick about the similar topic. I'm so excited to talk to our two panelists today because not only will they have great insights for us, but they also happen to be my cousin. Our first panelist is currently a middle school science teacher in York. She is also girl bossing it up as she has started her own interior design business, Heartland Reveal. In addition to her career responsibilities, she is also the mother to an adorable girl who just turned one recently. You might hear her in the background of our audio because that little girl happens to be with us today, but I think that adds a little touch of realism since we're talking about new moms. But welcome to the show, Mel Manning. Hello, everybody. Happy to be here. We are so excited to have you, Mel. Uh, Our next panelist is a grain merchandiser at the Manning Grain Company, which is a multi-generational family-owned and operated grain elevator business. Even though her official title is grain merchandiser, as many of you who work in a family business or small business know, she wears many hats. She is also the mother to two lovely girls. The oldest is four and her youngest will be two soon. Welcome to the show, Brooke Pribble. Hi, excited to be here. Thanks for being here. We're going to start off with a fun question that I like to ask all my people who are on the podcast. What is a funny story about you as a child or what is your favorite childhood memory? Well, uh, being in agriculture, um, when I was little, we used to have a corn pile in our backyard every harvest. And one time a friend and I thought it would be a good idea if we had my younger brother put a car on top of the roof and drive it off into the corn. So was it a real so, car? Like a, <laughs> it was just like one of those little where they, you pedal with your feet, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, he survived the fall, but it made for a pretty funny video and a good story, I guess. Um, my funny story is also about a younger sibling and doing something that was probably kind of dangerous. Um, <laughs> I was pretending to cut her hair um, oh, using uh-huh. my fingers and I'm not going to cut your hair. I'm not going to cut your hair. Um, well then I grabbed a real pair of scissors and I said, I'm just going to pretend. And I gave her a complete like <laughs> mullet looking haircut, <laughs> like the worst haircut ever. Um, and then the joke was on me because my mom liked the haircut once we fixed it. And so then we had matching horrible Oh my goodness, that's hilarious. I need to see a picture like immediately of these haircuts. That's hilarious. I also had a haircut story from when I was four. I really loved Mulan, um, the movie Mulan. And in the movie, she cuts off her hair to become a soldier. So I wanted to be just like her. And I took a pair of like kid scissors and just went to town on the everything that I could see so my bangs were like at the top of my forehead and then I had a mullet in the back it was pretty great it was really good yeah share pictures yeah we we should do that sometimes swap pictures sometime that'd be fun so since this is about social media um, and really focusing on social media and moms what forms of social media do you have I have Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat. Um, (laughs) I also have um, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter, I guess. 
Yeah. Yeah. So. Which one do you use the most often? What's your favorite one? For me, most likely Instagram um, and Snapchat. Yeah, I use Snapchat, I guess, mostly sending pictures of my kids to our families. Um, I get on Facebook, but I don't really post that often. How did your use of social media change when you became a mom, if it did? Um, instead of social media being about me and my friends and what we were doing, it turned into, I guess, just my kids. And I would say I don't post as much anymore. And yeah, it's just more private. Yeah, I'd agree. Like what I was posting changed. Um, it's more, you know, all about my daughter, um, obviously. Um, but then also um, not as much time to just like aim, aimlessly scroll through, um, I would say. Like I don't have as much time to just do that either, so. Yeah. yeah. Brooke, how about you with the scrolling? Did you do a lot of that before you became a mom? Yeah, I would say so, I think. And then it turned into late nights up with the kids. I'd be on my phone while I'm trying to get them back to sleep or mm -hmm. something. So now it's kind of just when I have a break during nap time, I can get on. Otherwise, I don't really use it. Yeah, makes sense. Did other moms or social media influencers... Um, influence the way that you use social media and the way that you posted. So, like, did you see posts and you're like, oh, that's really cute, I want to do that, or something of the like? Um, not really, I guess. Um, I kind of just post, like, big events. Nothing really glamorous day to day because it's not really glamorous. So, um, yeah, it's kind of fun, I guess, to see people's uh, professional pictures they have done, like of their family. That's always kind of fun and sometimes makes you want to get photos done, even if you don't need them. But yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I would, I think um, before our daughter was born, um, there was some more pressure to like, um, like what's our announcement going to be and what are we going to do for like a gender reveal or whatever, you know, so there's a lot of that stuff out there. Um, so you had a really fun gender reveal too. Do you want to share that? It was, it was unique. So. Yeah. Um, I give all the credit to my husband. Um, he's pretty proud of it. Um, he was the one that was like, Oh, we're not going to do anything like too crazy, but we have a train at Burris, a train engine, and we put uh, the color of the baby's gender in the smoke stack on the train. And so um, when we uh, blew the train horn, it would show the gender to our family and, and friends. So That's was, fun. That was yeah, really unique. Was That's cool. so, unique yeah. to where you're at, too, and what you guys do for a living, right. too. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, I think I sidetracked you from what you were talking about. You were saying that before you had kids, you were kind of, like, caught up in what will our announcement be, planning the gender reveal posts, and what changed? Yeah, I think once, um, once she was here, you don't have as much the time to like pay attention to what every influencer is doing um and so 
But like Brooke said, you know, it's fun to see people's family photos and things like that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it changed for me anyway. Um, Brooke, you are kind of an experienced mom now. You're on your second child. So how has your social media usage changed over time from your first to your second kiddo, if at all? Yeah, um, I probably posted more with the first just because I didn't have as much going on. And then the second one comes and it's, I guess, you're so much more busy and it's less exciting to post everything, you know, that's happening. So life kind of just gets away from you. Yeah, so it sounds like you're just caught up in the demands of life and being a mom that it's harder to post as often. Do you feel pressured to post as much as you did with your first or you're kind of like, it is what it is. I'm doing what I'm doing, what I can do. Yeah, I don't really feel pressure. I kind of just don't really care that much about it, I guess. So just more concerned with keeping my kids going and yeah the main thing sorry, right yeah. like making sure everybody survives yeah, to the next always, day <laughs> always a struggle somewhere, so. yeah <laughs> yeah thanks for sharing that um social media is a platform that enables comparison to others really easily this can have a negative impact on our mental health and our well-being especially if we view ourselves as lacking or not measuring up to others in our comparisons what's your experience with this particularly when you transition into your role as a mom? Yeah, I think it definitely adds pressure to like be the perfect mom based on what you see on social media because a lot of times you don't see all the nitty gritty. It's just like the good times. So I don't know. It can make you feel like you need to take your kids on the best vacations or do all the fun activities. And sometimes that's just not realistic and you just got to do the best you can do, I guess. How did you deal with that? Like, how did... Um, I just, like, try to not let it bother me and just do what's best for my kids and try to do all the fun things that we can do and not worry about, like, the stuff that we can't, I guess. Right. Yeah. Mel, did you want to talk about your experience with that? Yeah. Um, I would say it was the most challenging or most negative, um those first few weeks of being a mom because it is such a big adjustment and um you you know you kind of at least for me like I had wanted to be a mom my entire life and so then it happens and you're like it's not all sunshine and rainbows (laughs) and so um when you see just the sunshine and rainbows you know on social media like Brooke said it can make you feel um like you're not doing something right or um you know, those types of things. Um, so, so yeah, that was kind of hard to adjust to, but, um, I think the main thing was just realizing that social media isn't always real life and leaning on my friends that are moms and things like that helps you get through. Where you talked about um, like scrolling. I think one of you did about scrolling like late night when you're trying to get the kids back to bed. How does that impact you in those late nights when you're probably a little bit more vulnerable and like sleep deprived? Do you think it impacts you more or less? I guess, I don't know if it really, I think I was just late nights. I'm just tired and just kind of looking at my phone to be like distracting myself from that I'm 
really awake and tired. <laughs> just like, why am I awake yeah. right now? I don't want to be awake. So yeah. try to distract yourself so, from that fact. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know that it really bothers me anymore. It's just kind of something to pass the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think now it's kind of just more just that time filler and it's not as emotionally like charged just because, um, definitely don't have it all figured out, but, um, like it, just I've adjusted a little bit more now to being a mom so it's not as it's not as new not right. as hard yes yes, yes. yep so. yep that makes sense has social media ever been helpful to you or um, kind of supportive to you in your role as a mom without stating a specific person brand or social media influencer can you describe what types of posts these were yeah I think there's times um a mom would post about best ways to keep your toddler in bed when you switch them, you know, to a bed versus a crib. So that was um, interesting to read, like, the different moms' comments and tips on what worked for them. And some of them I tried and, you know, would work some nights and not others. But if your kid is sick, sometimes moms will post about, you know, when to take them in, you know, because you really have no idea sometimes. It's scary trying to figure everything out and you google something and it gives you like the worst outcome possible so that's always scary and sometimes it's just nice to hear real mom's experiences so they, there was a post specifically about that like a mom saying like this is when you take your kid in oh um i wouldn't i don't know if i'd say that um have you ever asked for help, like, on that? Like, no, oh, like, I'm not one that, like, posts, but sometimes I, like, I secretly like to read, you know, when moms post about yeah. stuff, because it's like, hey, this is good information, but I don't know if there's really a specific time, I guess. Yeah. Um, you'd mentioned that you read a post about um, a mom wanting advice, I think, from switching from a crib to a bed with a toddler. Would you talk yes. more about that? Um, yeah, some parents, you know, said they would just keep taking them back, you know, give them so much time in there. Um, some people would use a nightlight that when it's a certain color, like it means they have to stay in their room, but my kid's a little more strong-willed, so it <laughs> takes a little bit more she than a is. colored nightlight. She nightlight. is a pistol. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we did, we actually turned the door handle around, like, so we could lock her from the outside and then... Oh. We'd stand there, you know, while she screamed for five minutes. And <laughs> that didn't work either because it just made her more angry. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, some nights she would end up in bed with us. And other nights our tactics would work. So it just kind of depends. And mm-hmm. you got to let them figure it out on their own sometimes. It sounds like it was really validating reading about other people's experiences and knowing that you weren't alone. Yeah. And trying to, like, figure it out. Like, there's not one right answer is kind of what it sounds like from your response. Yeah, definitely. Because some parents would comment, you know, this worked. And then other ones would be like, no, that didn't work for me. And so at least makes you feel better that you're not the only one. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So, um, like Brooke said, as a first-time mom, you are Googling everything. And it's nice to have resources to go to. Um, but then with social media, it's it's kind of nice to have real people to look to um, for what they're going through. Um, there's certain, you know, certain apps that you can use or resources that you can go to where people are pretty honest on 
I did this, it worked, or, you know, this is happening, I need help, uh, that type of thing. Are um, those free apps? Most of them that I've used are, yeah. Yeah, what are some of those apps? Yeah, um, so the Wonders Week okay. um, mm-hmm. app is was pretty helpful um, at first just because it would explain like how your child is developing and it was pretty spot on of like when you can expect certain um growth spurts and things like that um because at first you're not really sure what's going on (laughs) Um, sometimes there's a lot going on yes and so it it's it's nice to have those resources and I'm sure like somebody recommended that to me at one point um and then just the other one um it was a like what what to expect when you're expecting, expecting. app, mm-hmm. um, and so it was people that um, were, were having babies at the same time, and so they were going through a lot of the same things that I was. So I would look on there occasionally to see like, is this normal? Um, you know, this yeah. my baby has this strange rash. Like, what is this? And things like should that. I go to the doctor? Yes, and I I am extremely lucky to have um Brooke who is a more experienced mom and just like literally right across the yard so she helped out a ton especially with the whole breastfeeding yeah journey which was um it's a lot more difficult yes. than I think people make it seem like or like in general than people think yeah. in general I think it's a lot more difficult like getting the latch and how much time it takes and mm-hmm. how to how to work and breastfeed probably are some of the things yeah that I, I would agree yeah. yeah feel free to add on to that because I haven't breastfed but I'm just yeah, <laughs> yeah. no it's um that was probably one of the biggest like shocks of being a first-time mom is like that is not super easy and then it makes you feel bad you're like this should be something that I can do and um so that was yeah, I think, like, journey. the common misconception is that it's, like, oh, it's natural. Like, it should just happen naturally. It's, like, no, it's a learned ability that both mom and baby have to learn. So, yes. Yes. Did you want to add on to that, Brooke? I would definitely recommend seeing a lactation consultant if you have issues breastfeeding because, like she said, it definitely is a lot harder than you think it's going to be. So I definitely had a really hard time with my first one and I waited a couple weeks to see someone and she had already done quite a bit of damage. So Ooh, <laughs> luckily, uh, luckily she painful. helped me get through it um, and then it was great after that. But just like when you don't know what you're doing, it's so hard. And then the second kid, she did perfect. So you yeah. just never know. It's kind of baby to baby and being a mom trying to figure out it's hard. So absolutely yeah yeah so. so if you're planning on breastfeeding don't wait get advice <laughs> yes get advice. don't do don't have a suffer yes do not suffer don't have a bad latch <laughs> yes <laughs> yes no need to suffer reach out anything else you wanted to remark on with social media and being a mom anything you want to tell maybe other new moms yeah just don't believe everything you see on social media because every kid is different and you're just doing the best you can to get through, I guess, sometimes. Yeah, just kind of lean on your family and friends, mostly, for support, and you'll get through it. That's great advice. <laughs> that is good advice. Mel, any advice for new moms about social media and how to handle that? I would just be careful what you, I mean, what you're 
looking at and just remember that it is the highlight reel um, usually of people's lives and um, just know that you are the best mom for your baby and that's what matters and you know have your family and friends to reach out to because that's where you get the most help I think in the long term so um, yeah yeah good advice okay last question I have for you is what would you like the listeners to check out how can they find you if they're interested in your work and what you do well I just mostly sit here in Burris so I guess if you're interested in our grain elevator you can look at our website it's just manninggrain.com uh not really a lot going on there but if you're curious about what bids we have check it out could also probably drive up and stop in because yep. it's kind of a casual sure can business yep. approach. Yep, or just no appointments day, necessary, right? Yep. No, just <laughs> free for all, I guess. <laughs> Mel, how about you? Anything that you want the listeners to check out? Yeah, if you guys um, have any interest in interior design services, or you just want to get some inspiration, um, some design tips. Um, you can check my Instagram out at heartland.reveal um, or my Facebook, Heartland Reveal. Yeah, and I highly recommend checking her designs out. They're really lovely. I love to go on her Facebook page when I need some um, aesthetic beauty in my life. So definitely recommend checking that out. Uh, I wanted to thank Brooke and Mel for their time today and for sitting down and interviewing with me and sharing their knowledge and experience about being a new mom and navigating the crazy jungle of social media. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It was fun. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, thanks thanks for having us. This has been an episode of The Good Life in Early Life, a production by Nebraska Extension and the Early Childhood Team. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe and tell your friends to listen. Please visit our website at child.unl.edu for information about early childhood development and upcoming educational opportunities in your area. The executive producer, sound editor, and host of the show is me, Emily Manning. I would also like to thank our podcast team members, Dr. Holly Hatton, Ingrid Lindahl, Aaron Campbell, Linda Reddish, Kim Welsant, and Katie Kraus. Additional support and peer review is done by the Early Childhood team. The music for the show comes from a Creative Commons license and can be found in our show notes. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 